0: Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Epiphany Lutheran Church of Mount Vernon, Virginia. We're a congregation of the Metro DC Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find out more about us on our website at epiphanylutheran.org. From the book of Joshua, chapter 24, people answered Joshua's challenge It's the Lord who brought us out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It's the Lord who did those great signs in our sight, who protected us all along the way. It's the Lord who gave us this land where we now live. Therefore, we will serve the Lord, for the Lord is our God. In our experiment here at Epiphany with the narrative lectionary, we've reached a key turning point in the Old Testament story we're telling. We began it right after Labor Day. It'll lead us to the coming of Jesus at Christmas where the people of Israel have arrived in the Promised Land. Until now, we've been reading the story of how Israel got to the Promised Land, how after the flood, God swore off using violence against bad guys as the means of repairing a broken creation, how God called people, starting with Abraham, how God eventually leads that people out of their slavery in Egypt into the land where God has promised that they can live in freedom, a life that as we saw last week is a life that is fully lived as God wants human beings to live in harmony with God and with one another where everyone lives in dignity, everyone has enough, and people live together in peace. Now the people have finally arrived at that land and settled there. Now the time has come for them to begin to live that life together in the promised land where God brought them. And so from now until Advent, we'll be reading about the time the people of Israel was living in the land. And the reality is, most of the time, the people were pretty bad at keeping the covenant God made with them at the beginning. The commandments mostly were not kept very well. Worship of the Lord continued alongside the worship of other gods, even among the kings and the priests. The prophets began to criticize all the ways of Egypt that kept coming back into the life of Israel, all the cruelty and injustice, all the fear and the suffering, the absence of justice and harmony and respect, and the absence of real trust and faith in the Lord. And for the prophets, those were two ways of naming the same reality. And then, finally, when the people were driven out of the land and sent into exile, they reflected on their experience, and they asked themselves, what faith in God means now that God's experiment in calling a people into a land to live out a unique covenant and relationship, now that that experiment had run aground? Even as some of them returned to the land and tried to rebuild some of what was lost, yet never fully succeeded, How they began to hope that one day there would be a Messiah, a day of resurrection and new beginnings when God would once again deliver the people from their captivity and lead them into a life of freedom. How some of them began to believe that indeed the Messiah had come, and that the life of resurrection had begun. They started to spread that news and that resurrection life wherever they went. That's the story of the Bible. But much of that story is still in the future, when Joshua, for the first time, assembled the people of Israel for the first time as a free people, fully in possession of the land God brought them to. And this assembly begins with Joshua standing up before the people and telling them the story, up until then, about what God did for Abraham, and then for Isaac and for Jacob, about how God... Brought Israel out of Egypt and how God saved them more than once from destruction and certain defeat. And then Joshua goes into detail about events closer to his own time, events that some of those in that assembly would have personally witnessed, the battles and the challenges that the people had faced together. And what Joshua reminds them about is that they had not accomplished any of these things by their own efforts. It was God who gave them victories. It was God who gave them a land they had not worked, towns they had not built, vineyards and olive trees that they had not planted. In a lot of ways, the book of Joshua, for us today, is actually really problematic. In our modern world that is full of war and conquest, these stories have been misused to justify the right of stronger people to make war and conquer the land and the towns and the vineyards of weaker peoples. The book of Joshua has been used to justify colonialism, to justify that might makes right. And because the story can be misused in that way, it's actually a pretty complicated project for us to reclaim this story, to try to read it in a way that honors those who have suffered from genocide and ethnic cleansings and other horrors of our modern time. Because after all, as we also read today, Jesus rejected the temptation to exercise political domination. Jesus understood that to serve the one who offered him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory was not to serve God, but to serve the devil. The covenant that Joshua made with the people of Israel on that day, as Jesus recalls and quotes to Satan, that covenant requires us to serve the Lord alone. Jesus knew that the temptation to conquer kingdoms and peoples does not come from the God of the covenant. And how to reconcile the book of Joshua, which supports Israel in battle as they take the land from other peoples, How to reconcile that story with the clarity of the insight that Jesus gives us is actually a pretty complex question. It would take a lot more than one sermon to really explore it. But for the moment, suffice it to say that Joshua did not see this story as an invitation to rob and plunder and exterminate Israel's neighbors. For Joshua, the takeaway from this story is that we did not take this land by our efforts or our superior strength, but rather God put us here in this land because God has a project to give birth to a people that will live in this land as God intends all people to live, and this is God's project that's intended to bring blessing to all people. And we, against all odds and without Anything on our part being done to deserve it. We've been invited to participate in God's project. And that means, Joshua says, we all have to decide are we going to serve the Lord and live the life that the Lord had in mind for the people called to live in this land? Or are we going to serve the gods our ancestors served before Abraham? Or the gods the former inhabitants of this land served? Well, I don't know what you're going to choose, Joshua says, but my choice is to serve the Lord. The people all respond, well, of course we will serve the Lord. The people repeat the story that Joshua told. We saw what God did for our ancestors. We saw what God has done for us. How could we even think of not serving the Lord? Because the Lord is our God. The Lord is the one who helped us and brought us here. How can we not? serve the Lord. And to me, this is where the story really gets interesting, because Joshua's response to the people is, I don't think you realize what you're saying, because to serve the Lord is not as simple as you think. It's not a matter of saying, well, you know, the Lord gave us this land, so yeah, of course, we'll be sure to pay our respects from time to time to make sure we get to keep it. You know, the Lord wants us to sacrifice a few sheep or goats now and then, No, of course we'll do that. It's a small price to pay to keep such a powerful God on our side. Joshua says to the people, that's not how this works. Trusting the Lord means recognizing what the Lord is trying to accomplish. And that means living into the covenant, living the commandments, making that vision our own, setting aside the ways of Egypt for good really coming to know what it means to be in relationship with this God who loves justice and mercy and compassion and who wants us to experience and practice justice and mercy and compassion the way that God does. Because if we don't do those things, if our relationship with the Lord is just going to be transactional, you know, we give to the Lord so the Lord will give to us, if we treat the Lord as just one more God who needs to be appeased, And we don't enter into the project of being the people the Lord wants us to be. Well, if that's what we're going to do, then we're not going to have any right to complain if the Lord throws us out of the land and sends us into exile. And ominously, for those of us who know where the story goes from here, the people say, oh, don't worry. We understand. We'll do it. Even though we know they won't. Even though... In many ways, we still don't. We've come together this morning for an assembly that follows a pattern that is recognizably descended from the assembly of Israel at which Joshua spoke more than 3,000 years ago. We come together and we begin by telling the story. The story of what God has done for us, the obstacles God has overcome for us, the story that shows us who God wants to be for us, a God who frees us from bondage, a God who wants us to live in harmony with God and with one another, a God who loves us enough not to abandon us when we fail to trust enough to live the way God calls us to. And for us, the story always leads up to the story about Jesus on the night before his death when he told us how to continue the story what we should do to remember him. Just as Joshua told the people of Israel long before, what to do to remember what God had done for them, to serve the Lord going forward, by honoring the covenant, keeping the commandments. Our assembly today, as assemblies of God's people have done for thousands of years, leads up to us renewing the covenant and proclaiming once again our faith and our trust in the one who's called us into a new and different kind of life. Perhaps we're not as naive as the people Joshua spoke to long ago. We know not to be so confident that our faithfulness will last the day, let alone the week. But we've also learned just how far our God will go to make this covenant a reality for us living as we do in a world where people do not live in harmony with one another or with God, we remember that God has not given up on this world yet, that God continues to call us to be faithful in new and surprising ways, the life God calls us to is good and blessed, and that we can always begin again to trust in God to trust in the kingdom God is inviting us to share. Thanks for listening to our Epiphany Sermon Podcast. You're welcome to join us for Sunday Worship Online, or if you're in Northern Virginia in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. It helps other people to find us. And please be on the lookout on Sunday, August 14th. We'll be starting a four-week sermon series on the book of Ruth, Ruth was a foreigner and a widow who comes to find shelter and refuge among the people of Israel and becomes a source of blessing for the whole people. Her story helps us to imagine what it is to be a community of faith that includes especially those who some voices want to exclude, shame, and judge. We hope that you can be part of this special series, starting Sunday, August the 14th. For more information about us, please visit our website at www.epiphanylutheran.org.